Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. The world needs to hear your message and your story, so don't deny the world of that gift within you that the universe has given you. Someone out there needs to hear your story because it will support them in feeling hope, inspired, and even transformed. Do you want to discover how I help get my clients out of their own way, show up, and confidently share their message? I would love to extend an invitation to you to join me in my free masterclass, Start Your Own Podcast from Idea to Implementation, on Wednesday, April 5th at 1 p.m. Eastern. You can find the registry link in the show notes. Hope to see you there. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Edna Castillo. She is a best-selling author and a certified life coach. Welcome, Edna. Thank you so much for taking and making the time to be here with me today. I'm so excited to jump in and share a little bit about who you are and the beautiful light you're putting out into the world. How are you doing today? I am doing fabulous. Thank you for hosting me. I'm so excited and looking forward to this conversation. It is my pleasure and my honor. I am equally as excited to have you here. So with that being said, let's jump right in. So you are, as I mentioned, a best-selling author, a certified life coach. You are also a bilingual speaker and a cancer thriver. I just have to start off by saying I absolutely love that you use the term thriver as opposed to cancer survivor. Why have you decided to shift the language around that and use thriver as opposed to survivor? Well, the the premise is that, you know, when you survive something, you barely make it, right? You go right. through the hardship. And yes, I did go through the hardship, but more importantly, I thrived in the hardship. It made me grow, it made me develop, and now I'm prospering and flourishing. So it's beyond the survivor. And that's just the essence of everything that you know, life brings uh, to me, you know, you make the best of it. So that's the thriver part. I thrive in everything that I do. I love that shift in mindset and language that you use around that. I think it's so inspiring and so beautiful. Edna, what were you doing for a living before making the jump into entrepreneurship? Well, I had 30 years in financial services. I had uh, gone up the corporate ladder and I kept hearing a little voice saying, is that all there is, you know, putting zeros in the bottom line of a corporation. And then I started a discovery of, you know, what it was that life was trying to tell me or my intuition or higher guidance, whatever you, you know, the folks want to call it. And I thought it was nonprofit. So I went into nonprofit and I was a HR manager for four years for a nonprofit organization helping immigrants and helping homeless. And it's still that little voice just kept saying, you know, is that all there is? And is that all there is? So it actually led me to life coaching and authorship. And so how long have you been a certified life coach? It's going to be four years this year. In September, I will be doing this journey for four years. It's been awesome. Congratulations on your anniversary this year. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So I want to talk a little bit about your coaching and your journey into that world. I've heard a lot of people say that most, if not all coaches have been through their own personal struggles and journeys before making the leap into coaching. And I mean, of course, being human beings, we've all had our own shit to deal with in our personal journeys. But what I have found through conversation with many people, many women who are now coaches is that their personal struggles and their journeys were the catalyst for them becoming a coach. Can you share a little bit about your own personal journey you were on before making the leap into coaching? Yeah. So I come from an immigrant family. My dad was a true male chauvinist. So throughout my life, it was about challenging his authority or challenging the authority of whatever standard he wanted to place. And that was up to adulthood. And then I married a similar person. And then so it was a struggle in terms of maintaining that relationship and it ended in divorce. I then became a single mom for 10 years and went through the struggles of, you know, basically taking care of two kids by myself and making it work, right? The the whole thing about being a corporate leader and then coming home and being the mom, being the everything 
everything that you have to be when you have children. And that led to, as I said before, it led to the discovery of what else do I want to do rather than the norm of, you know, and I love to raising my kids, but have more of an imprint in people's lives than what I was doing in terms of my career. And so that led me to life coaching. And then after that, it was the cancer. I was diagnosed with cancer, breast cancer, after about 10 months of life coaching. And that was really, I think, the catalyst for having more direction in the type of coaching that I do because I was a life coach when I underwent cancer. I used all of the tools that I knew, and I was also being coached on how to transform that journey. And now that's what I love to do. I love to help other women go through or help them go through, you know, a, a rigorous health journey, yeah. but making it their own and making it not the norm of, you know, the being the victim or having debilitation and all of that. Yeah. So it's been, I, I've had like everybody else, I've had my shit, just like you said. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that the main thing is, you know, we are here to help each other, right? The service that's of right. one another. And so that's why life coaching just speaks to me that with all of the challenges, making them in opportunities and sharing them with other people is my calling. I love that. I love the resilience and the strength that you have shown and pulled through. And I mean, you're right. We are all here, I believe. And you just mentioned as part of our journey here on earth is to be here, to be of service, to help each other, to support one another, to uplift, to cheerlead and give back. That's a big part of why we're all here. Exactly. Exactly. It's about the ability to help each other grow. And that's become, right. Yeah. Become the and, best that we can. And we can't do this on our own. We cannot do life on our own. We cannot do entrepreneurship on our own. We are here to collectively raise the vibration of the collective and help each other get to that point. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's, it's not the norm. I mean, be, you know, most people just want to do it on their own or yeah. we, we teach that or we grow up with that paradigm. So the discovery of knowing that we have each other to lean on and having mentorships and having the ability to have coaches. And it's just, uh, I wish that everyone found that at a younger age because they would be just so served in that. Well, think of how much more powerful this world would be and we would be as human beings and just how much more we could help lift each other and support each other that we are conditioned to believe that we have to do it alone you know and it's sad because it's completely the opposite we can't do it alone exactly exactly we have the what is it called the lone ranger syndrome yeah or lone wolf (laughs) syndrome which whatever you want to call it right yeah and that's so false and we need to shift that way of thinking And you're right. It's too bad that most people didn't find this earlier on in life, but there are still a lot of people that need to wake up to this fact in the world. Exactly. And you know, and it's interesting because as much as I, I know it and I've practiced it, there's still so much more for me to learn in terms of leaning on other people and asking questions and, and just being more of a of community than sitting in my own little desk coaching people. Or it, it, we tend to do that for some reason, just put ourselves in a, in a, in a silo where we're, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. we're like, Oh, uh, what, what am I doing? No, let me reach out. <laughs> let me go do something. Let me go meet some people. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, I guess that's part of our job here on earth is to educate and tell people and share that message with people that no, through things like this, this platform is telling them and letting them know that, no, it doesn't have to be this way. This is how it should be. Right. And that's about the the coaching people into and perhaps not having the same bumps that we did. Right. And, yeah. and making it easier for them. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Through our struggles, if we can make it easier for other people, why wouldn't we? Exactly. That's what we're here for. That's right. So how have these experiences then helped shape the Edna you are today, both personally and professionally, do you think? Oh, my gosh. When we're facing a challenge, we're like, oh, gosh, do I really have to go through this or why? Right. That's the question. Yeah. And every single thing opportunity 
people call it challenges. I, I now call them opportunities. <laughs> is every single opportunity has been a blessing in terms of growing me in some way. I've always come out on the other side with a brighter world, with more knowledge, with more just relationships and, and more blessings. So I don't know why we resist so much in terms of what life sends us and what life brings us when it really is changing the perspective of how you look at it. You know, you say, oh my gosh, you know, I'm going to go through this challenge. And, and then we hang on to not wanting the challenge and then we make it even more and more miserable for ourselves, right? When I first got divorced, it took me five years to get out of that whole thing of why did I, what, you know, how I messed up. And and that came from my Catholic upbringing. You know, I was right. a devout Catholic and it was like one of those things that I was supposed to be married for the rest of my life to this wonderful person. And, and it was like, I held on to that belief for so long that I was just so caught in that moment. And yeah. so many of us do that. I know people that are, you know, 30 years have passed and they're still looking at, oh my gosh, why did I do that wrong? Or how did I get here? And now it's like, okay, every time I see that opportunity, I'm like, okay, I'm getting curious here. I made curiosity my friend. I'm getting <laughs> curious as to what's going on here. Why am I going to go through this? And I did that with cancer, actually. You know, one of the things that I did initially when I first got the diagnosis is have the thought, hmm, I wonder what this is all about. I wonder why I'm going through this. What is it that I'm going to be learning? And that was a totally different mindset than most people do, right? Most yeah, people say, absolutely. Why in the hell am I going to go through this? Or why me? Or I don't deserve this. Or they start saying the no, 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 no. Now I opened the door to discovery of what it really was here to give me, which, you know, it was a lesson on how to go through it. Which I'm sure in turn also helped you thrive and get through it right? Is shifting your mindset. I love the way you have shifted things and the way you look at things and the, per the new perspective. And you're right. It, it's so much easier to get stuck in that why me and why is this happening to me as opposed to why is this happening for me? And, you know, it's not easy. That is definitely not an easy shift, especially when you're going through and dealing with something like cancer. But it plays a big part in, I think, getting through situations if we can and are able to shift our mindset around whatever it is that we're going through or whatever it is that's happening in our lives. Yeah. It's not easy. No, it's not easy at all. It is not easy at all. But I think what's really helpful, or at least what helped me, is really connecting the dots of how life has transformed me. Right. So when you're looking back at all the challenges and see how you overcame and what came of it, and then seeing the trend of, oh my gosh, okay, yeah, I did go through that, but guess who I became in that process? And then you start seeing the trend of so many other things that you went through and you overcame, and you're like, you know what? This is what life is about. Life yeah. is growing me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so that, I think that was an easier way of not just surviving life, but actually thriving in life. Because if you look at everything as an opportunity, then obviously you're going to see it differently and you're going to come out of it in a different way. I love that, Edna. Thank you for sharing that perspective and that viewpoint. It's so true. But again, it's just you have to be able to put yourself into that mindset which again, yeah. isn't easy, but what's the alternative? You can sit there and wallow and feel sorry for yourself and play the victim, or you can flip it on its head and shift the narrative. Exactly. Exactly. It's, and yeah, no, totally. It's not easy. It takes time. It takes practice in trying to see how, okay, how can I look at this differently than it just, you know, things happening to me. And like you, you said, rather than for me, or how about by me? you know, that I am yeah. making things happen rather than things happening for me or to me. Yeah. Like, I am making this happen. It's me. So it's a different mindset and definitely it takes practice and not easy to shift it, but there's no. a way of doing it. I love it. What would you say then was the biggest or most valuable takeaway for you from your experiences? I believe the the biggest thing is just to surrender and go with it. 
One of the things that I've seen, not only in my own life, but through, you know, people's experiences is when we're faced with any situation, you know, we're creatures of habit and we don't want the change. We're resisting. And having that resistance makes it even more arduous, makes it more difficult. Whereas, you know, you're like, okay, let me just surrender to this. And surrendering doesn't mean I'm accepting it completely. It just means that, okay, let me just see what happens, right? And like yeah. I said, I make curiosity my friend <laughs> <laughs> in terms of hmm, becoming curious as to, oh, okay, where is this leading me to? Rather than resisting, because resistance just is a different type of energy and it's a closed end energy, right? You don't want to change. You don't want to grow. You just want to stay stuck in that little cubby hole. Like we said, right? In, in our little silo. And no, yeah. it's, it's yeah. about sharing and it's about growing and it's about just becoming a better me, better me. So why would I not? want to welcome whatever's uh, coming my way. And as much as that, you know, again, it's not easy because then you have to deal with fear, right? You have to deal with the fear of what is this all about and would I make it happen and and the fear of the new. And it's just so it's (laughs) with all of these situations, definitely it's not an easy process, but making curiosity your friend would definitely be the takeaway of surrendering and and being curious. Beautiful. What is it, Edna, that sets you and the work you do apart from other life coaches? Why would they choose to work with you? I think that for the most part is because I've lived it. You know, like if people are, are going through a rigorous cancer journey or a health journey, I've been on the other side. I've had the treatments. I had 16 rounds of chemotherapy, 30 sessions of radiation. I had uh, reconstructive surgery. I've had mastectomy. And so it's, it's one of those things that I can see their viewpoint and listen to them with the awareness of where I was and how I faced it. And with the mindset that I had, I can definitely help them in a different way than just saying, do this or do that, right? It's about actually experiencing the situation with them and knowing where they're coming from, understanding their fears. So it's a process of, because I've been there, I think I can serve them in a better way. That Um, relatability because you've lived it. Exactly. What in your opinion then is one of the most important qualities or skill sets in a life coach? I believe it is listening with your intuition. You know, there's a listening with logic, right? And you're listening, you know, I can be listening to you and then start thinking about the answer that I'm going to give you or, or even just logically making sense out of what you're telling me. But when you start listening with your intuition, then you're starting to really put in a third person in the conversation, which is the higher intelligence of what is going on here and how can I support this person? And it's not me supporting this person. It's my intuition. It's the higher knowing. So the most important skill set that a life coach can have is having the ability to listen in a different way than just logically putting the pieces together and telling a a client, you know, do A, B, and C. Yeah. Uh, Because A, B, and C is not, may not be the answer for them. They're a different individual than I am or the last person that I spoke to. So it's about listening in a different way. Love it. Now I want to speak a little bit about the overall coaching industry and your thoughts on how it's currently being portrayed I've had multiple conversations with many women who work in the industry as coaches, and some of them don't even like using the word coach. They prefer guide or mentor because of the bad reputation that the coaching industry is getting as of late. I would love to hear your thoughts on this, you being a life coach. Yeah, it's, you know, I don't mind the word coach. I do prefer mentor because I think it is walking with them. You know, coaching, I see it more like in sports, right? Yeah. (laughs) You're telling people what to do and how to do it. There's the directive coaching, which is like in sports, you know, you do this to get your health or you do this to, you know, but for me, I'm an evocative coach. And what that is, I ask questions. And the questions that I asked are not questions for me 
to learn about the client, but for the client to learn about themselves and for the client to really get honed into their intuition as to what is their next step. So the coaching, it may be getting a bad rap now because I I believe that just, you know, there's a coach for everything, right? Yeah. (laughs) But it really serves to look at it more as, you know, you're walking with someone, even guide is not a word that I would prefer because a guide to me is more like telling people, you know, like showing them what life is about. My journey is so much different than everyone else's and the, the clients that I work with, right? Each of our journeys is our own. So I can't guide them in their life. I can mentor them onto how to perceive or to navigate or to look at things. And then it is up to them whether that's something that is actually something that resonates with them. You know, everybody is their highest authority on how they want to live their life. Absolutely. Edna, what lights you up or excites you the most about the work you do as a coach? Just the results that people get and not just the results. I mean, it's just when somebody actually grows from the experience and sees life differently. You know, I recently had a client that just didn't believe in herself. She had been beat down by all beliefs of family dynamics and then in her job. And it was just some of this stuff that was just going through her head. And as as we were coaching, she started to believe in herself and to have confidence and now I see her thriving and just that gives me so much it just lights up my heart when we continue to communicate and she says, oh, yeah, and next I'm going to do this. And <laughs> now I'm going to do this. And it's like that confidence and how life is speaking to her and what her next moves are. So that's what lights me up, just seeing the growth in other people and how they're also able to take in life and thrive. Beautiful. Now, on the flip side of that, what is one of the most difficult parts about the work that you do? I think one of the things that I I dislike the most is when I know I can make a difference in someone's life and they, for, you know, for whatever reason, they don't see it themselves, right? They don't want to take the steps. And I, I have to remind myself, they are the highest authority in their own life. So if that's the way they want to proceed with life, then that is their option. But when you see so much capabilities and abilities and gifts and talents in people, then, you know, it's difficult to step back without wanting to coach, right? So that's the most difficult. (laughs) Staying, (laughs) asking permission if I'm going to be coaching pro bono, right? Asking permission first because not everybody wants to be coached. Yeah, very true. How has your coaching style evolved since you first started out to now? I grew into my intuition. So initially, I was a certified trained coach, right? So I was using the logic of, okay, what do you do in this situation? Or how do you manage, you know, X, Y, Z? And now I just go with it. I trust that I am being guided. And I trust that the answers that I'm receiving from guidance are meant for the individual. And it's proven to be so, you know, because sometimes we're in a conversation and I say, this is coming from my intuition. And I tell them X, Y, Z, and they're like, oh my God, that is so, you know, so it's like, okay. And I would have no idea that this person was going through, you know, that situation. Right. Uh, so I've grown in trusting my intuition and actually allowing it to be part of my work. Another tough lesson or tough thing to put into practice. It takes time and it takes practice and work. Exactly. Yeah. And just having the openness to know that there's a higher source, there's a higher being that has better answers than I do. Yeah. Trust, trust <laughs> yeah. and allow. Trust and allow. What are some of the most meaningful goals that your coaching has allowed clients to actualize or bring to fruition that you've seen? Well, the, I mentioned the gal that broke through the many barriers of relationship, her relationship with her siblings and just the, the way of, of forgiving rather than holding the grudges or and all of that. And that has been part of her journey 
of growing and just knowing that that's, you know, it's, it's a journey and she doesn't need to be stuck there. You know, I've also had the opportunity to serve some women who like me, were hearing a little voice of there has to be more in life than doing this and finding the purpose of their career and how do they wanted to serve in the world. And, you know, serving people that have critical illness. I remember there was a woman who, as she was diagnosed with stage four cancer, you know, she was also having difficulties with the relationship with her daughter. And that was one of the things that was really weighing down on her and, you know, just transforming that relationship. And that allowed her to start healing as well, because just holding on to the relationship issues was really not helping her heal her own illnesses and her own life. So there's been quite a few gifts that, that I've seen. Yeah. What would you say are the three most important lessons that you've learned in your career as a life coach? Goodness. Oh, gosh. Life is about energy. You know, the energy that you bring into a situation. So one of the biggest lessons is the shift in mind that we talked about, you know, rather than seeing something as a challenge, seeing it as an opportunity and the, with the curiosity of what it's bringing. Also, how if you are in, a, in the work of wanting change in your life, having the belief and the desire and the expectation that it will happen because we can't make change happen or we can't really affect our lives if we're in doubt. You know, yeah. will, I, will I really, you know, is this really meant for me or, you know, can I really do it? No, expect that you can do it. And then the thing that really resonates all the time is whenever something happens, I always call it divine timing. Some people call, you know, call things, you know, it's a coincidence or, oh my gosh, you know, I met this person and it, that person knows someone that can help me do this. And I'm like, yeah, that's all divine timing and it's all orchestrated for our own benefit, but it is up to us to really see it that way. Right. Yeah. I, I don't believe in coincidences. There are no such thing. Yeah. Me either. <laughs> it's just a divine timing that that is exactly where we're supposed to be. That's right. It, yeah. I want to speak a bit about your journey into the author world. You wrote your own book last year. Can you share with us what it was all about, the title, etc.? Yeah. So I actually started the book while I was undergoing breast cancer. And it was a way of being in a different mindset. So what happened when I was diagnosed is I, I decided to stop coaching and really concentrate on health. And what that allowed me to do is really just hone in on what it is that I need to do. What is it that I, I want to do? And one day as I was speaking to my coach, and, and one of the things I would be doing was I was journaling a lot. And okay. that journaling, then my coach says, what are you going to do with all those notes and all that journaling? And I said, I'm going to write a book. But that was just a comment. It wasn't something that I actually thought out. But then when it came out of my mouth, I was like, oh, darn it. Now I have to do this. I put it out <laughs> to the universe. It must be. <laughs> right. It was. It, and that's exactly how, you know, how I saw it is like, oh, I don't think that was me. I think that was someone else saying I have to write a book. <laughs> I love um, it. <laughs> so I started doing it, not knowing whether it was going to be published or not. And so the book is observation stories about my own life and other people and how they've lived their life. So it's more or less how life speaks to us through the challenges that it gives us and how the challenges and situations in our lives, how we respond to them is how the outcome will become, right? It's, the, yeah. it's our response that matters. So the title, actually, I'm like, okay, now like two chapters into the book, I'm like, okay, let me start putting a title on this. And I actually just meditated on it and the intuitive genius came through. And so the book is now living your intuitive genius because it's about living, knowing that life is speaking to us in some way or another. And it's how we react to it, that life happens. And through it, I, I went through the cancer journey. I finished the manuscript. I went back to coaching and there was this manuscript just sitting there. And the human part of me was saying, no, you're not going to publish that. Who wants to read that? 
you know, who do you think you are being an author? All these little voices. <laughs> Imposter syndrome, <laughs> all the things, it's, right? Exactly. And I'm like, okay, what kind of a coach are you if you can't even publish your own book? So I started the process of hiring an editor and, and all of those things. And let me tell you, though, it was stop and go for a long time. It took less time writing the book than actually getting it published because the paradigms just kept rising up as to, you know, oh, when people read this, they're going to know more about you. And it's just all these little voices that wanted me to not move forward with it. And now that I have, you know, it's great. The feedback that I'm getting is people are getting you know, great things out of it. They're learning from it. Each of the chapters has exercises right after each chapter. Okay. And so they're using those exercises to start developing themselves and helping their own life journey. So I'm very grateful that I was nudged to write it. Yeah. And even better that I did accomplish it. And, and you didn't let those voices stop you. Exactly. And I'm, pr I'm very proud of that. because, I And so you should be. I think that's the lesson here. I, I believe that every single person on this planet has a story to write and a story to share because it will impact one person's life. And we need to put our stories out there. Storytelling is so important. And you never know who or how many people you're going to impact with your story because there's going to be at least one person out there who resonates with you and who benefits from your story and your journey. Yeah. And even if it is just one person, right? It's That's it's, right. You've made a difference. You've left an imprint. That's and right. That's very, very important. Exactly. Absolutely. And so was writing something that's always been part of who you are or was this a fairly new path for you? I've always loved writing. So English is my second language, right. but uh, it came natural to me. And I've always loved English. I always got A's in English. You know, it's one of those. Yeah. But it was the, telling the story in a in a really, really descriptive way where, you know, most people would tell a story in 100 words. I would tell it in 300 words. <laughs> <laughs> so that became the challenge with this book, you okay. know, where I just kept writing and writing and writing. So the editor had quite a job in <laughs> editing some of the content because I do love to write. I've heard many people say that we as humans have all the tools we need within us to help in healing ourselves. I mean, obviously, with the title of your book and what you've been through, this is something you subscribe to and believe in. What do you say to people who say, no, nah, I'm calling bullshit on that. There's no way. Yeah, that's a difficult one because people are going to think what they want to think, right? It's their own belief system. So what I would say is challenge your belief system, you know, go beyond what you think, you know, and really start investigating or researching or looking into information. And this is for everybody. This is for yeah. me, right? It, this is whatever I don't believe in. Continue yeah. to challenge my thoughts as to why am I thinking this way? Or let me look at the other side. And so I'm now remarried. I have a, I remarried my husband who has three adult children and okay. just a little story about, you know, healing ourselves and how I influenced my husband and really believing in this was his first wife passed away of cancer and okay. his middle child was very, very affected. They were all affected, but he was very, very affected. So by the time I came into the picture, it had been six years after her passing and he became very sick where his T cells were falling. And, you know, T, T cells have to do with your immunity, your right. immune system. And so as I, you know, was the stepmom, I said, Hey, you know, can I go through your, you know, doctor's appointment? And we went to the doctor's appointment and I asked the doctor, when did the, all this start happening? Do you have a trace of how his blood work started changing? So because he had been going through the same treatments or the same hospital all his life or uh, Kaiser institution, they yeah. had all his blood work. And so he went through the archives and if he found that his T cells actually started falling eight years before. So the little by little by little, you could actually see it. And yeah. I asked my bonus son, I said, so what was going on in your life then? And he says, that's when my mom was diagnosed. So you uh, could, you know, he, the he pattern was, there, the pattern there. 
So then I'm like, okay, now do you see the pattern? You're mourning. You've been mourning all this time. And I'm not saying don't mourn, but you have to shift your thinking into, do you want to live? Do you want to get better? Or do you want to continue to be in this pattern of really affecting your health? And all this young man really did. I gave him books. I gave him recordings. I gave him videos. I gave him all the things that I could possibly give. And, you know, being a little 25-year-old, he didn't really watch much of it. He just shifted his thinking and he started getting better. So over and over and over again, I have seen this happen to other people and in myself as well through my own cancer journey. So what I would say to people that really don't believe is just look at the evidence of other people's lives being transformed. You know, the power of the human mind and the human will. Exactly. And we hold it in our mind. Yeah. Uh, And if we can hold health in our mind, it is entirely possible. I love it. What do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? Resilience. (laughs) (laughs) Resilience and belief. I've always been a woman of belief, meaning I was raised Catholic. And I've always been very spiritual, you know, not so much religious now, but more spiritual and really understanding that there's a higher being that is breathing us all life. You know, some people call him God, spirit, infinite intelligence, whatever anybody's name is, is that belief, right? And that belief has given me the opportunity to be resilient in life's opportunities, And so that's my superpower, belief. How do you define success? What does that word mean to you? Success to me is having the ability to be a light in someone's world on a daily basis. One of the things that carried me while I was undergoing the breast cancer journey was setting up little goals for myself on a daily basis. And that little goals was making people smile. So, you know, going to my nurse and making a goal that I was going to say something that was going to bring light into into her day that day, or the receptionist, or just lighting people up. And so to, to me, that's success, you know, just touching people on a daily basis in ways that light them up. Um, I love that definition. And, you know, it really does not take much to make someone smile. Sometimes all we have to do is smile. And it's that infectious and contagious that that then puts a smile on their face. And that ripple effect of having an impact on someone during the day is incredible. What you can help other people do and accomplish. And again, the ripple effect of that is just so powerful. And not only is the ripple effect powerful in terms of, you know, you're standing at a checker line and you're talking to the clerk and you're complimenting her. And then you're having this conversation and then you get other people in line in that same, you know, it's just the energy of it all, right? It's the giving and receiving and the circulating of energy, of positive energy. That's what I love. And uh, and that's what I call success when I'm able to do that. that what is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before you learned it? And what was your life like after learning it? One of the most important things was to let go. You know, before I learned to surrender and let go, I was such a control freak. <laughs> 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 it was like controlling every step of my life. You know, it was more than just maintaining appointments. It was just like, it was more like a chess game or where I would think three steps ahead of people in order to make something happen. And, you know, imagine having to do that throughout, right? Sounds exhausting. Exactly. (laughs) And now I'm just like, okay, you know, it is what it is. Let go and surrender and let things evolve. And that is a much easier way of living. It is harder to do when you are control, you know, it does take time to develop that skill. And it is a skill because if you've been controlling all your life, then letting go <laughs> is going to be like, oh, now what's going to happen? But then you start finding out that, guess what? It's even better than I could have done it. 
So that, so then it's like, okay, you know, I can do this, you know, yeah. because if, if things turn out even better than I could ever imagine, if I had controlled them, then it's easy to let go. So that's- well, like, like anything in life, though, it takes work. If it's worth having, it's going to take a fight. It's going to take work. Yes. yes right? Exactly. Anything in life is that's worth having, you're going to have to put some work into it. Yeah, for and sure. Time, time. Yeah, absolutely. What is an unexpected blessing or occurrence in your life that you're grateful for? My spiritual cancer journey. I call that the most spiritual time in my life. And the reason is if you're up against the wall because your life is threatened and you start looking at life as a gift every single moment of the day, and that's where that whole thing came up of, you know, just bringing joy into other people's life. If I could do that, then I've succeeded for the day. So the cancer journey, the, the most spiritual time in my life is what I would just say, gosh, it's the biggest blessing because it really allowed me to live in the moment. It, it taught yeah. me how to live in that moment rather than looking at, okay, what am I going to do tomorrow? And it doesn't mean that I don't plan. I do have a calendar, but it's about being present in the moment that I have each time, each moment, because that's all we really have, the now, yeah. right? Yeah, being present is so important. You know, looking back doesn't do anything. It doesn't accomplish anything, except, I mean, sorry, I shouldn't say it doesn't do anything for you, because looking back sometimes just gives us context as to how far we've come and things like that. But dwelling on the past does you no good and living in the future does you no good either. So you have to be present in the now to enjoy life, to slow down, take the time and enjoy the time that you have here right now, right here. Exactly. Yeah. It's interesting because yeah, the the past serves us to learn from it. That's right. right. But the future, we have no idea. That's right. But the now is where it all happens. Absolutely. That's where it all unfolds, and that's where the magic happens. Yep, exactly. Okay, we're going to jump into a little rapid-fire section here. So the next grouping of questions just be one, two, three-word answer type thing, okay? Okay. How would you describe yourself in one word? Thriver. What's one thing you want but cannot buy with money? Higher awareness. If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? Power of the mind. If you could be remembered for one thing, what would that be? My love for life. What is your favorite self-care practice? Meditation. Early bird or night owl? Early bird. And that concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. What is one thing that you love about yourself that is not related to your physical appearance? My love for people. I'm talking about being curious anytime I meet someone. If there's this natural love for who they are and just acceptance. And I don't know. I mean, obviously it's me, right? So I don't know if everybody's built the same. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just I find people fascinating. And I just love people. Love it. How do you celebrate your wins, Edna? I actually celebrate them. On a daily basis, I write them down with my gratitudes. And even the small ones, I like to brag about them. Yeah. I have a family group text where sometimes I'm very weird that way. I share my wins there. I share my wins on social media. It's important to share them because it's the joy that it, it can bring others as well. Absolutely. And I love that you said that, that you do celebrate your wins because so often people don't. And I think that when we do celebrate our wins, it gives others permission to stand up and celebrate theirs. Yes, exactly. Which is important. Yeah. We all should be celebrating. And you know, the interesting thing is that my win can sometimes touch someone in a different way in terms of, hmm, gosh, I'm taking that for granted and it's her win. That's right. Right? So it's about affecting other people in a different way where they may not be celebrating something that should be celebrated. Absolutely. What is one lesson that your career has taught you that you think everyone should learn at some point in their life? That your career is not you. (laughs) One of the things, you know, I've, I've gone through three careers and I know that initially I thought I was this financial person, right? I was in the financial world and I actually thought, you know, I, that was me. 
(laughs) And many of us do that. I think we take on the role. We think that our career is us. But no, we are individual beings doing a particular task. So detaching yourself from your career is the biggest takeaway that I've taken. Love it. What is something surprising that you've learned about yourself in the past year? It is that there's still so much more to learn. (laughs) Not that I thought that I had it all figured out, not at all, but it's just the discovery of what it is that I still need to learn, right? One of the things that we talked about in the beginning of the conversation is about being out there more, right? And one of the things that I wasn't doing is I wasn't networking as much as I should have been. So I wasn't really going out in the community. And that had to do with COVID too, right? Right. But now that it's opened up, making it a point to get off of my desk and go meet people and actually not have that thought of saying, gosh, you know, I'm an introvert. Because that's one of the thoughts that I had. I'm an introvert. Well, no, okay. Maybe you do prefer being by yourself, but guess what? There's also this other world that you can manage and learn and be with other people and we need each other. So it's just that learning of where the opportunities for growth are. Beautiful. Who in your life, Edna, has had the biggest impact on you and why? My dad. My dad has, because of who he was as a male in a culture where men were just highlighted and loved and women were not, being his daughter was at first it was a challenge and then it became a joy because having me overcome so many of the, you can't do that because you're a girl and me doing it anyway. And then outdoing and him becoming proud really set the tone for my life of, you know, no matter if, if somebody tells you, no, it doesn't mean it, it might be an authority figure, right? Yeah. But if you really believe in yourself and you really want it, just go for it. I so love that's that. that's what it really taught me. It wasn't so much, you know, he was a chauvinist, but it was like, oh, he's the father figure and I'm saying no to him. And guess what? Now he's on my corner cheering me because, you know, I'm capable. I love it. That is so powerful and so beautiful. And we are, as human beings, capable of anything we can dream up in this life. We are fully capable of achieving it. You just, again, it goes back to believing in yourself first and foremost, and then putting in the work to accomplish it. Exactly. And sometimes we see things as stop signs. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I'm not meant to do that because I failed. Well, no, the failure may just be, that's not how you're supposed to do it. Try it differently. (laughs) Yes, exactly. As long as we pick ourselves up, we fall down six times, pick yourself up for that seventh time and try again because you, you never give up. Never. Never. Never give up. Exactly. If you had the opportunity to sit down and have a one hour conversation with one woman, any woman in the world, who would it be and why? Gosh, this is a hard one because there's so many wonderful (laughs) women out there making such contributions. But one of my dreams is to start a nonprofit and start a nonprofit that is serving children, especially girls, receive education. And there's already a woman that is doing that. Her name is Cynthia Kersey. She's the founder of the Unstoppable Foundation. And what she's doing is she is providing sustainable living, not her, but her foundation, meaning Uh her foundation is about providing sustainable living to communities in Africa. So she goes and builds up these communities and schooling and just lifting up the community. And I want to be able to do that, but I want to be able to do it back where I was born. I was born in Guatemala. Okay. And there's a large indigenous community living there who is now migrating to the United States because of need, not because they want to be here, but because they need to survive. And one of my dreams is to be able to do that for them in some way or another. So I would love to meet her and I would love to have a one hour conversation and just pick her brain as to how she got started and how she did it and see if I can also do something similar. 
put it out to the universe and it shall happen. Yes. And I have butterflies talking about it because that means (laughs) there's a commitment there, right? (laughs) Yeah. You have just spoken it out into the universe. So the universe will hear you and you just have to figure out on your end what you need to do to make that conversation happen. And what a beautiful dream you have. I think it's amazing. And I have no doubt that you will accomplish it. Thank you. If you could go back, Edna, and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? Go with the flow. Stop trying (laughs) to control everything. (laughs) I see a theme here, Edna. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Lastly, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, your corner of the world, your tribe, your people, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What words of wisdom would you impart? We are here to love one another, and we're here to learn and grow and serve one another. So there's the love the growth, and the service. So go out there and do it. Beautiful. What a wonderful way to end the conversation. Edna, this has been such a beautiful and inspiring conversation. You are a true inspiration with how you have overcome the adversity and shifted your mindset to become a thriver. I I think your story is absolutely beautiful and inspiring. And I just want to say thank you for making and taking the time to be here with me today and share a bit about your story and your journey. Keep shining that bright, beautiful light out into the world that you do through all the beautiful work that you're doing to help women and people through your coaching work. And I appreciate you. And I'm honored to have you as a member of the Empowerography community. I am so, so thrilled and so grateful for the opportunity to have this conversation with you and just like you said, put it out there, right? Put who I am out there so I can continue to shine as I encourage everyone to do. That's what we're here for, to shine our light. That's right. And when we shine our lights together, it is that much brighter and has a bigger effect. So thank you for being the beautiful soul that you are, Ed, and I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for the work that you're doing as well, because I've, I've been following you in what you do. It's just so meaningful and just highlighting all these women that are creating such powerful energy in the world and just putting our vibration at a higher level. So I thank you for what you do as well. I appreciate that reflection, and. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Edna Castillo. She is a best-selling author and a certified life coach. Thank you so much, Edna. I hope you have a beautiful rest of the day. Thank you. You do the same. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca. Follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.